Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about our brand new Empower Her Sound workshop series, which will kick off in September and go through to November 2023. Each three-hour workshop will focus on a particular topic, including production in September, mixing in October, and music business in November. These workshops have been designed for anyone who is interested in learning to produce, mix and monetize their music and you don't have to have any previous knowledge to attend. So if you're very much a beginner, we would love to see you here. For our podcast listeners, we have created a very special discount which makes each three-hour workshop only $5. To get this discount, all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, select the group ticket and use the discount code EM. MPWR50. Thanks, and I look forward to seeing you in the workshops. Uh, what am I saying? <laughs> this is MPW, MPW, the podcast with your host, Zylo Aria. Cool. A podcast about music production for the everyday musician, where we learn from experienced studio engineers and each other. Sarah DeWarren is a UK-based ultra-music publishing writer, singer and vocal producer who has gathered over 100 million streams. She has written for and featured on numerous tracks with major DJs such as Martin Jensen, Gareth Emery, Cascader and Nicky Romero. Her own releases have been featured on Sirius XM, BBC Radio 1, A State of Trance and several other top 10 charts. Hello, Sarah. It's great to have you on the podcast. And how has your morning been so far? Hey, Zylo. Thank you so much for having me. My morning has been pretty chill. I've just made some tea and, you know, set up my audio for this podcast, which was a little more challenging than I thought, (laughs) but we got there. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Yeah, no, last minute audio uh, setups can often be stressful. So it happens, but you got there and you're sounding great. So that's uh, amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that cool. matters. How's your day been? It's been uh, a bit long, but getting to the end. So I'm looking forward to actually probably having some tea before yes. before bed. <laughs> so that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of dinner, but yeah, it'll be good. So I am keen to chat to you about collaborations and finding collaborations with major DJs as well. But before we do that, I would love to learn a little bit more about you. And if you can tell me, where did your career in music start and how did you get to where you are today? It's such an interesting question because it's hard to choose a start point for my career because it was kind of just brewing for many years. And I think that's the reality for a lot of people in music it kind of looks like oh there was this one moment where everything fell into place but the reality is that we're kind of like grinding away behind the scenes for years and and then things start working so for me I always loved music and at school I wasn't the most like social teenager I kind of preferred to sit on my own in the studio and write songs and record songs and I went to university to kind of like have a plan B and all the while like on the side I was doing gigs so I went to university in Manchester and I'd be like dragging my keyboard out to pubs and bars every night to do gigs and then I started messaging producers on SoundCloud and asking them to send me their beats so that I could sing on them 
And because I was proficient in recording myself, I was able to write, record and send back like high quality stems to producers. And then that's how I started getting releases on labels. So from there, I guess it just organically grew. I just kind of like worked with slightly bigger producers all the time and I started networking more and the process like isn't really that different now. I sit at home or I sit in the studio and I write vocals over beats or I write vocals over piano and then I send the vocal stems to a producer or an engineer and yeah, it gets released. So really it's just been like a gradual growth over the past like seven or eight years. Mm. It's great to hear about and also when you mentioned that it is really gradual, it's not like an overnight thing. Do you sometimes find that maybe friends or someone that's following you is like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing what's happening and and you've kind of grown so much and you feel like, you know, you've just seen it happen one day at a time and potentially have much bigger goals as well. And does it feel like a bit of a contrast on what you feel and maybe what others feel? Yeah, definitely. I think when people from outside of the industry comment on my career and my success or you know, maybe they don't understand that I am successful and they're like, oh, you'll make it one day. And I'm like, dude, I've made it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just because I'm not Ariana Grande is like, uh, that's kind of their level of comparison. But then other people were like really excited about it, especially people like I was at Creamfields last weekend and one of my friends from university was on the front row in the crowd. And I used to go to Creamfields with her and she saw me singing and that was a really cool moment to like a full circle moment of like, oh, I used to be in the crowd, like watching all my favorite DJs and now I'm singing with them. But yeah, sorry, back to your question. I think what I want to do is actually when people are excited for me, even if it's not accurate or even if like I've been in this for so long, like I want to feel that and I want to appreciate what people are saying because we need to remember to like celebrate all of the small wins and even like just looking at the progress I've made over the last like eight years and being like yeah I have come far and like I should be really excited about this. Definitely definitely that's such a good point there is you can often just be striving for the next thing or the next goal but taking the time to realize how far you've come is such an important thing so that's a good thing to mention. So Doing a little bit of time travel, can you tell me one event in your life that if you could, you would change? Oh, so the first thing that popped into my head was when I was a teenager, I was producing my own tracks and vocals. And yeah, I was just playing around with like making my songs into full, fully produced records. And at some point I stopped doing the track production And I just focused on vocal production. And I think it's because I was collaborating with producers, not singers. So I kind of became an expert in the vocal side. And I was like, oh, I don't need to produce tracks because like everyone just sends me beats. And I wish I'd carried on with it because I would love to be able to produce to a high standard, like a full record. But I rely on other producers now to 
take the track production to like the finish line. That's a good point there, but it's never too late. And I'm sure you have all the potential knowledge to be able to develop that skill to be able to do it yourself as well, Sarah. So if it's something you'd love to do, I hope you keep at it. And especially at Music Production for Women, we are like, yes, just go for it and it will work out and it will be amazing. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. Oh, Make a note of it. <laughs> yes, do, do, do. So can you tell me a random fact about yourself that perhaps not that many people in music know about you? I have a pet chicken. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. Although people are finding out because I've been posting about her a lot on social media because people love her. And I feel like she's the reason half of my content is going viral. (laughs) Nothing to do with me. It's all my chicken. So I am plant-based. I've been vegan for the last like 20 years of my life. And I love animals. And yeah, at my parents, we've always like rescued hens from farms and let them have like a happy retirement in our garden. And so I've grown up with chickens and... We have this one chicken who keeps escaping from the pen and she just like walks right into the house and she comes and sits with us in the kitchen and we're like, this is awesome. We're just going to let her do her things. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually so funny. I was just talking to my partner's colleague, uh, apparently also has a pet chicken and we saw all these photos of like the chicken just hanging out in the lounge room, just like a dog would, I guess. But like, I was fascinated by that. I was like, can you train a chicken like to be (laughs) toilet trained or like, can you say, I don't know, what's, what's your chicken's name? She's called Wanda. Wanda. Can you be like, wonder sit or come or I don't know is is that how it works or is that that's just ridiculous I think I've not tried it I'm not sure I'm not sure she's able to learn commands (laughs) I would love to think she could but no I think she's just motivated by food yeah okay okay all right interesting that is fascinating I would love to learn a little bit more about pet chickens and um and yeah, if you have yeah. a yard, you can get a couple chickens. It's We do have really... a pretty big yard, actually. I, I will look into that. <laughs> yeah, do it. It's good for the environment as well because you feed them your leftovers and then they ah. can produce eggs for you and it's like a little small holding situation. That sounds awesome. I will look into that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so changing topics completely on to <laughs> collaborating with DJs. Can you tell me, Sarah, how do artists typically initiate collaborations with major DJs and what are some effective strategies for catching their attention? And I know you mentioned things started off in SoundCloud for you. Is that the best strategy that you found Honestly, that's the only thing I had at the time. SoundCloud was in its like prime at that time. So a lot of people were posting their music there and a lot of the blogs were had these huge followings. So at the time, SoundCloud was the place. I think now if you don't have a network, like an existing network, I would say just DM people on Instagram. Like it's really surprising how many artists actually check their DMs. And if you're sending them good music, they 
I mean, a lot of times they won't check, but there are some times that they will check and I still do it to this day. I just DM DJs that I've wanted to work with and I'm like, hey, here's a couple songs that I think you would smash. And yeah, that's how like a bunch of my collabs come about. The other way that's worked really well for me is showing up at events and shows in I go to ADE every year, which is Amsterdam dance event, and I just hang out in the places where I think the artists and their A&Rs are going to be, and yeah, just kind of like try and build friendships with people in the industry, and that is a really good way to get your songs cut as well. But I understand that that's a little bit harder, and that has definitely taken a lot of energy in the past few years to do. The DMing strategy also is really effective. Okay, so really great tips there. So really useful for people to try. And actually, tell me in your own words, I guess, what would you say in your DM exactly? I would probably say like, I would pick like five of my songs that I think would really suit that DJ. So I would like check what kind of tempo they release that I would check whether they have like short vocal hooks or whether they have like a full song structure and then I would send them specific vocal ideas that work for them because otherwise you're just wasting their time so yeah I'll send five ideas that I think would fit really really well for that DJ and I would just be like hey I love your stuff I'm a songwriter I'm a singer I'm a producer whatever it is and I have some ideas for you to check out. I would love to work with you. Like, it's as simple as that. If you want to also drop a fun fact in, like, oh, I just collabed with this person, you can do that because then it might just give you some, like, accreditation and they're a bit more likely to open it. But you also don't have to. You can just be like, hey, I really want to work with you and I want you to have one of these songs. So, yeah, that's usually what I say. Okay. That's so directed and it's lovely to kind of hear how much you've thought about it. You've had to listen to their music, what kind of tempo, and then you've sent them something very specific to their style of music. So that's great to hear about because I think potentially a lot of people just send like a single DM to be like, hey, I want to work with you, but then nothing around it. And you can see how much more yeah. something like this. Because mm. these people, they're so, so busy and you need to give them everything that they need. You need to make it as easy for them as possible to work with you. And so don't like leave them guessing. Don't like leave it up to them, like present them everything. And if they don't like any of those ideas or if they don't vibe with them, you can just be like, send me tracks and I'll top line them. And that is there an effort for them for you to try an idea on their track? Yeah, for sure. And do you just put everything in like a Dropbox folder or like send them a SoundCloud or how does that work? I have this membership with a site called Disco and it's kind of like a catalogue website. You upload all of your tracks, you can tag them, you can make playlists. I've found that really useful for pitching but I used to use SoundCloud. I find SoundCloud is a little more difficult to organize your tracks though. So as soon as I got over like a hundred demos, I was like, this is crazy. Like I need a better system for it. Okay. That's good to know. So what does the typical workflow look like? Is it just 
you in some case sending a few ideas and then what happens from there? So say I had messaged a DJ and I sent these ideas and they loved one of them. I would then send them the acapella, which is just the vocal with no piano, no chords, no instrumentation, just the single vocal. And I'd be like, here it is, like, you know, try some stuff on it. And then this is the part where even if they love the idea, it can still fall through at this point because they've got to be able to make something that they like to go with your vocal. So they've got the acapella and then they try their production bits around it. And, you know, a few weeks later, they might like send me a demo to check and I'll be like, I think this is great. Or if I don't like it, I will try and just like send some gentle feedback. But if it's like a really big DJ, I'll just be like, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully it goes through to release after that. But that whole process can take, honestly, years. It can take so long for them to send something back. And even once they've sent it back, they could be sitting on that record for a year before they put it through for release. So the stage of like pitching a song to release is so long. It can also happen quickly. It just really depends. But You know, I have a lot of songs out there that are just kind of waiting to come out and they're tied up with someone and I'm excited about it, but you can't really say it's happened until it's literally on the DSP because there's so many times where it can fall through. Mm, Okay. That's a really good thing to mention there because I'm sure a lot of people do just get discouraged and things haven't happened for a few months and they're like, oh, this isn't working, but just great to know that just keep at it and know that, you know, maybe a few years down the line, you might get a few great collaborations. Yeah. And like, don't have a scarcity mindset. Like if this one DJ's replied to you and you've got something going with them, like then move on and explore other things. Don't be like, this is my only contact. I've got to follow up with them every week until it comes out. Just like, let it happen, follow up occasionally and then go after the next one. Yeah, no, very good points there as well. So you mentioned when you send these ideas to them, is it with instrumentation as well? Would you have some like light instrumentation as well as the vocal or would it just be a cappellas? Sometimes it depends on the DJ I'm pitching to. So if I know there's a DJ that likes to do their own production, then I will just pitch it with piano underneath. Sometimes... If they're a DJ that likes to work with samples, so like short hooks and their stuff's very like tech house maybe or like clubby, then I'll just send an acapella of the hook, which is like zero instrumentation. However, if I'm pitching to more commercial DJs that, you know, if it's like a Tiesto or a Medusa or like Kygo, I know that they like to take production as well. So I'll try and pitch them demos that have that basically sound like a finished record it might be that they take it and rework it or that they take it and rework some parts but for them they're operating on such a high level and they're receiving so many demos that they need to hear it and be like oh this could be a hit rather than like oh this is a cool idea that has potential they need to just be like this is like obviously a song I need to take yeah so that's how I pitch on that higher level That's great, Sarah. And 
How did you work that out that that's what they like? Was that just intuitively you realized like lack of time, maybe that works best or did you work it out some other way? I think through conversations with the DJs and with A&Rs, I think I realized and also when I was pitching songs with full production, they would often just replace all the production and do their own thing and I was like maybe I don't need to send full production to these people who clearly do their own productions. And yeah, after working directly with a couple of the DJs, they're like, oh, I like to just hear the song and make sure it's a great song. And then I can add my stuff. I don't want to be swayed by existing ideas. And then for the higher level artists, I guess I just learned that through my collaborators. You know, they've been like, oh, when I got a cut with Kaigo, he took everything he took the whole production. And so I'm like, okay, I think I need to be sending stuff that's fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you be doing that yourself? I wouldn't do the full production. I would do chords, piano. Sometimes if it's like a stripped production with a few elements, I'll do it and I'll do all the vocal production, but I won't take it to, you know, I can't do drops and I can't make the perfect kick drum (laughs) and stuff like that. So I'll usually get in the studio with a producer and I'll be like writing and they'll be like focusing on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds like you're almost there, (laughs) Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, that's great. And you mentioned that sometimes if it's a big DJ, you just always say you love it. Has anything gone out that you have really not liked? Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm like the type yeah I know I'm the type of artist where like I mean this might be changing now but I've just been so stoked to have music out that like I'm not super precious and I write so much that I'm just like you do your thing like you have a fan base like people are into this so I trust you and some of the songs that I've been like oh I'm not sure about it like have done well so I know that my taste is particular and because I'm more of like a writer, singer, I've trusted other artists to take stuff over the line. But I do know people who are very, very particular about what they put their voice on and they won't, you know, regardless of who it is, they won't put stuff out that they don't think is in line with their artistry, which I totally understand as well. So I think I'm just quite like chill about it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. No, it's a good, good way to be for sure. So say you've sent these ideas to a DJ and they've created something that sounds great. What happens then? Like, how do you determine the splits and all of that? Are there lawyers involved typically? Or how does that work, especially if you're maybe starting out and quite new? Yeah, so this is something I really just had to learn the hard way. There is no standard and it's really hard out there. (laughs) DJs, they have these powerful teams around them and they have a tendency to just try and like squeeze the vocalists as much as possible. And you'll get the occasional producer DJ who is really fair, but like generally you have to fight pretty hard And if you don't have representation, it can be really, really difficult, especially if like this is your first big cut and you really want it to go through, but you know you're being screwed over. It's like, do I just take the deal? 
or do I push back and, and risk losing it? And unfortunately, there's no like standard that you can fall back on and be like, oh, hey, this is how it works. So that's why I'm asking for this amount of money or whatever. It really depends. The size of your brand. So basically, when a vocalist gets a song cut by a DJ, you get a vocal fee or an advance. So it could be recoupable or it could be a flat fee. You also get master points, which could be any, like I've gotten anything between 5% and 50%. So there's a big window. And then you also get publishing, which in the pop world, you get 50% for lyrics, 50% for melody. Whereas in dance music, the producer gets 50%. And then whoever's written the song has to split the other 50%. Or sometimes, you know, everyone will split it equally. And it's really hard to know what's going to happen. So what I like to do is I go in with a list of my deal points and I'm just like, this is what I'm asking for. And then they can negotiate from that. So at least it's in like a ballpark of like what I'm comfortable with. And there's a clause I put in those deal points, which is a really important one, which is if we get these agreements signed and you pay me the fee, if you haven't released the song within a year, then it gets returned to me. I don't have to pay you back. I can take my song back and repitch it to other people because the amount of times I've had someone just sit on a song for like three years and I'm like, hey, look, I have this huge DJ that wants to take this song. Can I have it back? And they're like, no, we signed the deal. And then you can't do anything because you signed the deal too. So that's like a good one to remember. Yeah, so I would just say, like, if you don't have a manager, just go in with what you want and then let them negotiate from that point. And then however badly you need the cut, like, I would say be lenient at the start. If you're just building your catalogue of songs and you don't have many releases yet, I would say just go for it for, like, the first few. And then as your brand grows and as you become in a stronger position, then you can start being a bit more stubborn and being like, hey, I'm not taking less. Like, you need to meet me here. Mm, That's great to be able to build that power within yourself as well. And were there quite a few deals that you negotiated yourself before you had a team? Yeah, I did. I managed myself for like the first five years of my career. So I was across all of my deals. I think I did a pretty good job. I was definitely undercharging for a long time. But then again, it helped me build up this huge back catalogue of releases. And I was charging something, but it was as soon as my manager came on board, you know, my income jumped up like three times because I realised people will pay more. You just have to ask for it or you just have to be like, hey, this is my worth. So... I did do it on my own, but I was way too lenient on my deal points. And I signed a couple of, like I had a cut with Cascade in that time. And that deal was not good. But, you know, I was just stoked to get the cut and I got something, but I should have, yeah, obviously had a lot more from it. So, yeah, I would say just like, it is really, really good experience to manage yourself for a bit. And then when you have a manager come on board, you kind of understand like what value they're bringing. I love that. And that's actually such good 
tips as well for someone that feels like to even get to that place, you need a manager and you can't do anything yourself. It seems like you have built so much your own catalogue and collaborations for such a long time to get to a certain point to where your manager can take it from there. Yeah, I would say like you definitely don't need a manager to get to a point like you can get yourself there. And my manager, I knew him for three years before he started managing me. And, you know, he just like saw how hard I worked and he was like, cool, you've gotten yourself to a great stage and like I'm ready to help you. So, yeah, do it yourself. It's so rewarding. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's so good. (laughs) That's very good inspiration. So can you tell me as well, Sarah, Obviously, it can be a dream for so many artists to work with these major DJs as well. But what would you say can be some common mistakes that perhaps artists can make and how to avoid making those mistakes when working with influential DJs? Yeah, this is kind of tricky because I think it depends on what your goals are in the industry. So if you're trying to be a pop artist you know, like a singer in your own right or a producer in your own right, then you can go too far on collaborations. You need to keep your own identity rather than like putting your voice or your production sound on other people's records all of the time. But if you're just wanting to be more of like a writer, producer, feature vocalist, then collaboration is like awesome and you should be doing it all the time so yeah I think if you're going for the artist thing collaborate on your releases but don't do it too much remember to have a lot of your own solo stuff going and also like don't be so obsessed with streaming numbers because if you're playing shows and you're selling tickets then there is so much value in that and I think a big mistake people make is they go on Spotify and they look at monthly listeners and it doesn't really mean that much. It's quite easy to get that number quite high, but it doesn't mean that you can pull a crowd. So I would say just focus on everything, like focus on live, streaming, social media, try and just have an overview of everything rather than like obsessing over like, I want my song to get a million streams or I think you need everything to be a well-rounded artist. Mm. Yeah, no, great things to think about there. And you mentioned about the live, like, has that been something you focused on? Or has it been kind of because you've been able to focus on everything in that well-rounded approach that you've managed to also bring or create that live audience for yourself? So I have actually not done a ton of live stuff. I've focused solely on being an excellent writer and vocal producer and it's made me really really good at those things but this year I had like a song blow up with my vocal on and you know I'm like oh my god like there's a lot of commercial potential and I've always kind of like thought that I'm not enough of an artist so forget about the live side I've done some guest appearances with DJs but I've never done my own show However, like after this record's blown up and I just like performed at Creamfields a couple of times, like over the weekend, I was like, I love this. I feel like I have something that people are interested in. Like a lot of people 
were responding really well to the performance. A lot of people came up to me because they knew me. And yeah, I think I'm ready to do the live thing. And this is so, so fresh. Like, <laughs> this is like in the last week that I'm having these Ooh. thoughts. Yeah. Right. You We're the first fast. to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I've I made the mistake of, well, not a mistake because at the time I just wanted to be a writer, but I fell into that trap of being like, I don't believe in myself enough to think I can be an artist. And maybe that's about being a female vocalist in the dance scene because that's kind of where the system puts us. We're kind of at the bottom, even though what we do is so valuable and arguably more valuable than what a lot of the, I'm not going to say anything, but what are <laughs> the other people? <laughs> other, other roles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, just if you want to be, if you want to do your thing, if you want to be the face of it, do it. And if you're a woman and you want to perform, you can totally DJ. It's not difficult. If you want to produce, if you want to be the artist, be the artist. Don't settle with the featuring artist if you want to be at the front. It's now time for our speed quiz. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. I'm ready. <laughs> I think. All right. So it's five quick fire this or that question. And just pick the first thing that comes to your mind. Cold weather or warm weather? Warm weather. Festival or rave? Festival. Animals or people? Animals. <laughs> live DJ or live band? Ooh, live DJ. Melody or lyrics? Lyrics. Okay. Oh, That's a great that question. Was, that was pretty speedy. And that's great, actually. I feel like lyrics are something that I struggle with so much. And I feel like a lot of our students often say that as well, that uh, melody can come a bit more easily. So it's great definitely. that you love the lyric side of things. Yeah, it's they're hard. They're definitely harder. But that's why I kind of love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very satisfying when you when you get a good one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's good. So coming to our top tips section then, Sarah, can you tell me what is your one top career tip? Oh, well, kind of what we've been talking about, collaboration, I think it's super important. Work with people, write with people, produce with people. That's how we learn quicker. That's also how you get more opportunities because you've got a whole other person like pitching your work out as well. So, yeah, collaborate. Mm, love it. That's good. And what's your one top self-care tip? Don't burn out. <laughs> okay, easy to say. Have alone time. If you're surrounded by people all the time, in collaborating and playing shows, have some alone time, go for a walk, shut your phone off, shut your computer, don't think about work. Yeah, just be on your own for like half an hour and reset. Oh, love that. And as a huge introvert myself, I definitely understand the value of alone time. So totally, me too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, no, it's an important one. And what is your one top general life tip? Get clear on what your personal goals are versus your professional goals because they can be quite confusing and you can sometimes mix them up. But those things are separate 
And I think you can chase your career for many, many years. And then you're like, oh, what do I actually want with my personal life? And it's really important to have a healthy personal life because professionally things are out of your control and they might not always be going well. So yeah, be really, really clear on what you want in both of those areas of life. Oh, so many good tips there, Sarah. Love it. Love it so much. So thank you so much for spending this time with us and just gained so much from this chat as well. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's been so lovely to chat to you, Zylo. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I hope this has been useful for everyone. Definitely. All right. See you later. See ya. My biggest three takeaways from Sarah's episode was firstly, you can create collaboration opportunities by DMing artists on Instagram and going to lots of different networking events. And you have all the power to do this yourself and don't need a manager. And my second biggest takeaway was to be specific in what you say in these DMs. So have a listen to the music that the DJ is creating and send them specific ideas that they are most likely to vibe with. And my last takeaway was that creating these collaborations takes time and often can take up to a couple of years. So don't be discouraged if things haven't worked out in a couple of months and keep going. That's it from us this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and look forward to seeing you in two weeks.